Hey guys, welcome to the Fight Fit Podcast. We've got Brian Armatruder on the show today. Uh, best promoter in Australia at the moment, Brian. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Honoured to have you on the show. Okay. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm going great. Just finished the show on Friday night, which was um, pretty good, good fights. And um, uh, yeah, we're looking for the next show now. Yeah, what do you, what do you got in mind? Uh, next Anything show that you can, can divulge? Well, we've got Zach Dunn on uh, mm. next show. He's... Um, Rated number four in the world. Yeah, um, I got Willis Mean. I think he's probably our best prospect in Australia heavyweight at the moment. Tell us he's, about he's, him. Uh, well, ex rugby league player. Um, I suppose he sort of mucked up at a young age. One of those guys that probably fame came a bit too quick. But you know, he's 135 kilos, six foot seven. Uh, he knocks everybody out every fight. 135 kilos and six foot seven. Yeah, and athletic, oh, right. fast. Um, you know, he's a great prospect and um, he fought Friday night as well. Mm. Um, and first time he's gone distance in a fight, normally knocks him out of one or two. So, look, we, there's big things with him. The heavyweight scene's exciting and, you know, I think he's a, he's a great prospect. So that's something that we're, um, we're happy to be working with Willis, happy to work with Zach Dunn. I think Zach will get a shot very soon. And guys like Kane Watts are very close to getting, you know, we're in negotiations now with a, with a big fight for him. That's awesome. Overseas. Um, uh, one of the ones... Go, sorry, go on. Uh, Taylor Harris is on the show. Yep. Um, she's going to fight for the Australian title. You know, I've done quite a few. Well, I think all of Taylor's in Victoria. And That's an unbelievable one, Taylor Harris, because she's, she's obviously coming from an AFLW background. She's been training boxing a few years now, hasn't she? She's getting better and better. She, you know, I mean, she never even had an amateur fight. So she's uh, a work in progress. She's working out with... Uh, she worked at Jerry Murphy. Now she's with the Alice gym out there working, training there and... Um, she's trained by a mate of mine in Queensland, Shaggy, who's her manager. And um, she's going leaps and bounds. She's, um, she's actually becoming a fighter. And, and it takes a while to transition from another sport. But I think that she... Um, I think this time next year, I can confidently say Taylor has a fight for a world title in one year. Wow. It's guaranteed. That's an incredible right. Is she going to still be doing AFLW or is she just... Yeah, yeah, up she, the she, yeah she's um, got exemption on her, on her football to be able to do it. So I think her last fight this year will be... Uh, end of November, she'll do the footy season, and then she'll come back and have some fights. And um, uh, she'll run through after the after the season. She'll run some quick fights, and I think August next year is where we're targeting for her. And I think she's number seven in the world at the moment. Hmm. I think we'll get her down uh, over the next six months in the top three, and then we'll uh, we'll lobby for a shot for her. Wow, what an awesome athlete she is! And do you know her personally? Very yeah, well? she's a great girl. I mean, one of those girls. She actually rang me the other day and said, "I." Um, I've now worked out it's okay to hurt someone. She goes, I didn't want to hurt anybody. And I'm Taylor's probably, if she sees this, she might be embarrassed. But she said, I didn't like to hit anybody, even that's she's a boxer. She goes, but now I understand I have to knock people out or they're going to knock me out. And she had her first knockout the other night. And um, she's just a wonderful person. That's why, you know, she's probably the highest profile female in Australia. I'd say she, so. Definitely. She's, um, you know, she's... And particularly she, how, how well she handled herself in that scandal recently. Great role model for young... The young girls Yeah, as she's well. got a lot of support from everywhere. And I, I think that's why I'm saying is, you know, with her, with the footy club behind her, um, we're an AFL town and I think she's probably one of those ones that people embrace and go and see her because, you know, boxing is not about being the best, it's about being the most marketable and um, if you're a marketable person and particularly AFL, um, you know, you go a long way and, and uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I promoted Anthony Mundine as well and, um, you know, it's that... People love that uh, football, whether it be rugby or, or whatever, and they like the thing. That's why I think Willis has got a, a massive following as well, mm. being coming out of a rugby league uh, background. 
Yeah, so has, has he already got quite a big following from yeah, he's his rugby very, days and yeah, translated he, into he, this? You know, and his father fought for a world title and um, he's an ex-heavyweight boxer. Wow. Very well known. It's almost boxing royalty. So, look, I think he's a good prospect and um, it's early days yet. He's had nine fights for nine wins. Um, you know, you don't really hit your straps till you get around that 14, 15 fights, you start going. The first tens, I always say to everybody, it's a bit of a blur for you, but concentrate after that and you get the fights you can and then you step them up from this here on in. So yeah. not too early. But, um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting where he ends up. It's, it must have been interesting to uh, promote Anthony Mundine because he's such a, such a colourful character, obviously. And well, I go to Anthony, he's probably the nicest person in the sport. Hmm. Whatever you see on the... And people say this, they don't believe it, but whatever you see on camera is completely different than the person himself. He's the most kind, gentle man you'll ever meet. Like, you know, he'll stay around for... He'll sign all grass for hours after where a lot of high-profile fighters, you know, they won't sign anything. They don't want to talk to the fans. I've, you know, I've been out with him many times socially and he talks to everybody. He takes the time for a photo. Um, he's just a, and he helps his, uh, his community a lot. People see one side of it and, um, you know, my experience with him is a couple of times I've said to him, you know, chalk you, you know, we want to get some controversy, you know, say something, you know, do something. And he's, no, I don't want to do that. You know, he, he mellowed near the end of his career. Mm. I mean, he, he obviously with a horn fight, he... There's a bit, he, a little bit of bad blood. He, put, there. he yeah. put, he pushed it back out there for the for the sport. But you know, he's just, uh, he's just a wonderful human being. I mean, I can actually, I can actually second that because um, I don't know him personally, but I was, um, I met him on New Year's Eve because I was at a party in St Kilda and he was there. And I was like, obviously being a big fan of boxing, I was kind of fangirling and toing throwing about <laughs> whether I should go and say hi or not. And I eventually went and said. G'day, and he was really nice to me. Had a little chat to me and stuff, and talks yeah. to everybody. He's just a just a wonderful man. I mean, um, he gets such a bad rap than people, but that's what he built his career on being the bad guy. Mm. Um, and then he had the, a lot of controversies and yeah. Look, you know, he said what he, he says what he believes, and um, um, sometimes it probably doesn't come across the way it does. But you know, the, the way it is now, what comes across with you know, you, you can't say anything. I mean, you know, from where uh, uh, you know, obviously older than you, but. You know, from our days, what we could say those days to now, I mean, you, you know, people get thrown off the radio for saying something minor that would have been an everyday conversation. Yeah, but, I think it is, obviously, in the UFC, there's that whole culture of um, selling your fights by yeah. talking smack and having a bit of bad blood and stuff is there. But back in the day, would you say that there was a lot of, like, really um, more vulgar sort of... <laughs> well, I'm an, saying in, in, in general, like, you know, it's... Um, I mean, you'd walk past years, years ago, you have a building site and the guys would be hanging off the building whistling at the girl. Yeah. They do it now, they ring the building site, they get sacked. Yeah. You know, the, the political correctness is... Um, uh, I'm sure there's some positives for it, but it's... Geez, like the, on the weekend, they wouldn't allow ring girls... I saw at the that. Jeff Horn fight. I, I mean, it was a bit strange. You know, if you've got a male and a female... I mean, it, isn't it the other way around? Isn't it the males getting victimised? You know, I mean... Um, well, the female by not being able to do it is worse than doing it. I mean, mm. you know, they've got dresses on, they're not bikinis, they walk around. I, I don't see... Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a tradition as well. So to see all, something like that just... It's get, all around the world and here you've got this little counsellor from Bendigo who wants to be a do-gooder and says, I don't want a ring girl. And, of course, I think they paid something for the fight or something, I'm not sure. But So, of course, they buckled. But I could tell you if it was my show, there'll be ring girls. I think maybe they should just stick to their own sort of uh, fields and if don't, right. don't mess with other sort of 
codes, traditions. That's what I think. I think it's the life we're in now. It's um, yeah, politically you know, correct culture. You can't say anything. You can't do anything. <laughs> it's um, it's very similar footballers. Um, you know, um, from what they could used to do. Um, you know, I mean, many years ago, I'd be out with footballers. They'd they'd be out the night before a fo- uh, for a football match. Mm. You know, they used to smoke cigarettes at half time. Everything's evolved now, and. Yeah, I'm sure there's some good points to it, but... Um, you don't really get to see people's personalities. People become a bit robotic. I was actually just talking to Jordan Degoe on the podcast um, a few a few uh, weeks ago, and he was saying how, you know, Dane Swan is an example of somebody who could really turn it on in both ways, that he could he loved to party, but he was also a really good footballer, and he has that personality that people love, yeah. and that's quite... That's becoming fewer and far between now, I think. And, and Dane's a supporter of boxing. I mean, he came when I did Anthony Mundine at High Sense Arena with... Uh, uh, actually, I think he came from Kane Watts, Danny Green fight I promoted, but he, it was actually that fight he was there, and he's a, he's a supporter of boxing, he likes boxing, and he's a great guy. He he's is, a, he's, he's a, a really man. good guy. You he's know? a fantastic um, fellow. Uh, but, you know, some of them aren't allowed to express who they are. Like, mm. I, said, you're, like I said, they're robotic, they're, they've got to stick to certain things and stick to a line, it's, it's, uh, it's the way the world's changed. So, uh, Do you think that that's... Obviously, you th- that, that has infiltrated with, with boxing as well, but it's a bit of a shame because often in the fight game, to be a fighter, you have to maybe be a little bit crazy. And there are a lot of big personalities, <laughs> a lot of crazy personalities in the, in um, the sport. Not necessarily. I mean, some of the boxers now, I mean, if you look at the, the great world boxers there, they've had amazing amateur careers, Olympians. Uh, they've represented their country. They are elite sports people. Unfortunately, in this country, it hasn't embraced boxing. You know, Boxing in, uh, in England is like, almost like a soccer, the soccer crowd. They get 100,000 people turn up. They're amazing events. They put on a show. Here it's very hard to get people to go to a show. We're lucky that uh, you've been to our shows. We sell our shows out, thank goodness, um, time and time. People actually don't go for the box. They go for our shows most of the time. And we're very lucky we've got that. But um, it's a struggle to get crowds in. Um, you, know, I've, uh, you know, they had a great night the other night in, in Bendigo. They had... Um, I think 4,000 people in the stadium and filled it. But before that, the only ones I can remember, I mean, we've, we, you know, we did obviously Mundine and we did Green, a few things like that on, you know, we filled high sense, but they're very few and far between big crowds in boxing. It's, um, it's, uh, but in saying that, you know, it rates really good on TV, but the TVs don't put it on either, the, the, the networks. Don't, don't you think that it's ma- making a little bit of a resurgence though? I think there are a few characters who people really want to watch in terms of your Tim Zoo and your Jeff Horn. Maybe Michael Zarafa might become a more household name. I think if, if I had to guess, I'd say Khalid Baker will really make a make a name for himself soon. Certain clips, uh, I've done all of his fights. He's sort of Mr. Entertainment, as you know. He's, he's certainly a personality. Yeah. It's um, Clib is, is a work in progress. Do, do you mind giving me a bit of context for the people who might not know his story? Sure. Um, he was uh, charged as a 17-year-old. He was an amateur star that was going to represent uh, Australia. He got charged with a murder that he didn't do. Um, his co-accused admitted the, that he, he was the one that did it. Um, they pushed someone down the stairs and, and they co-accused it. And Kilib got charged with it. And, and even though the other guy made admission that, yes, it was me, he served his 13 years released and he's, um, he's back fighting. He's had five fights for five wins. He's the current Victorian champion, uh, which he won um, on my show a couple of shows ago. Um, He's, he's a wonderful uh, natured person. He's always happy. He's always smiling. Um, always very respectful of his opponents. Very respectful, you know, and, and he's trying to clear his name and he's, um, he's out there working hard to clear that name. And um, 
you know, he's he's uh, he's uh, trying to get a pardon at the moment for um, the the law was that uh, you can't have it changed after you had it. If if the law was different now, he would have been uh, dismissed. But you can't have someone else's evidence in your trial, and that's what the problem was. So yeah, look, he did 13 years something he didn't do, and um, um, he's back on trying. When I say he's a work in progress, I said to him the other day, look, you can't play AFL football, the MCG, and then not play for 13 years and come back. And you can't play at Wimbledon tennis, 13 years off and come back. So it's going to take him time. Mm. And, you know, he's 5-0 and nil at the moment and um, I think we've got another two or three fights booked for him this year. Um, you know, he'll, he'll improve as he goes. And it, it takes a long time to come back. I mean, even a year out of football, a year out of boxing, a year out of Let soccer. 13. It, it takes a long time. So he's at 13 out. And, um, um, you know, I think he'll, he's going well. But, you know, our best prospects in Australia at the moment are probably uh, someone like the Maloney brothers, mm. two, two twins. Uh, one's mandatory for a world title. They're, they're good little fighters that... Um, it's a, it's a tough sport. There's people around the world, and unlike a, a team game, you know, you're by yourself. So, um, you know, it's like these people do the the uh, fight fit challenge. Um, there's just you in there. The training can help you as much as you can, but you're by yourself. So, um, it's a tough sport. Yeah, and you know, it's very hard to go through. But um, absolutely, and especially, I always love to see Aussies doing well on the international scene, and it can be very difficult because, you know, over in England you get paid as an amateur and you can yeah. sort of have a, have that life. Whereas in Australia, it's a bit more difficult to come up and be have that Olympic boxing amateur experience where you make a, make a yeah, living off think, it. Think, or you know, we've had some great champions too. But times have changed. I mean, um, uh, I think in the early days, people fought for depression, you know, in the depression to earn money for their families. They earned because, you know, I mean, it was a mainstream sport then. Every Monday night there was a TV ringside. Now it's um, a lot of people fight because they want to be faithful champions. That's the bottom line. They want to see themselves. And they won't take the hard fights. They just mm. want to take fights and build belts and do all that. And that's one type of fighter. Other fighter want to fight the best. And uh, it's, it's a medium in between on how you get them through. And look, it was certainly um, Michael Zreffer uh, broke out on the weekend and his fight. He beat uh, Jeff Horn. Um, I always thought it was Jeff sort of went from a middleweight, which is... 66 kilo, uh, sorry, from welterweight, 66 kilo up to a middleweight, which was 72 kilo. So it was a big jump. You know, there's two you divisions really in between there. people and yeah. throw his weight around and, as and much. And he only fought like one round in, in uh, you know, basically 14 months. So it was always going to be a tough ask. And those that knew boxing knew that Michael had a big chance. And it showed um, that time off. And Michael had a, a, you know, probably the fight of his life. Um, he trained hard for it and that was his moment. So... Um, I don't know whether they'll do a rematch or not, but that's something that, uh, uh, you know, Jeff Horn's been a credit to sport, though. He's, he's really brought mm. it back. He's um, Good character as well, good guy, humble yeah, guy, family yeah. man. And, and you love to see that from an Aussie, an Aussie fighter. But I think Zarafa, the interesting thing about him is that um, he's had three losses, I think, and they've all been on, in, on international soil yes, as he, well. Yes, he, he went to uh, America, Russia and England. Hmm. So it's interesting when you look at it that way that he's actually like people don't really haven't really given him the credit, but now that he's had this win, people might take notice. Yeah, but you've got to understand that anyone that gets a fight overseas, you're picked as an opponent. The reason you get a phone call is, hey, because what happens is that they look at the ratings, and they go, well, that guy there, number 14, with some Aussie guy, right? Let's bring him over. We can beat him. They don't bring you over because you're the best. 
You know, very rarely you get number one and they say, oh, look, um, let's fight him. If number one, you, you force your way into it. But anywhere between two and 15, you've probably got more chance of getting a world title shot if you can't fight than you can fight. Really? Because they, Well, they pick, you're picked as an opponent. Mm. So the idea is to, um, uh, you know, hopefully work your way in the rankings and, and work up those rankings, which is very hard. But, um, I mean, uh, one of the Maloney boys is number one at the moment. He's going to get a shot that way. So you get that, that's when you get bigger money and bigger opportunity but Do you um, know what the circumstances of that of that title fight might be um yeah he's, he's it's been mandated uh it's it's against an englishman um and i think uh he's they've got till next march to fight so he he did eliminate her and won we won that in chile and he beat uh the chilean boy over there so he's got a uh, you know he's got his opportunity and um he yeah he's just sitting wait now i presume mm. to get that shot and he's a real chance of winning it he's a, do you he's think a, that uh, bilal akawai might might reach the heights? Um, look, he, he may. The, 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 he hasn't fought the best opposition, and that's always a problem with uh, when you go away. He's a talented fighter, um, but um, I'd like to see him have a few more harder opponents. Mm. But um, I think he'll get an opportunity. But whether he can, there's some, some real monsters in his division. That's the problem. And um, uh, you know, I, I sometimes. You're in the wrong division, the wrong time. So you might be in a um, uh, a weight class that there's all fantastic fighters, and then they move up the thing, and there's no one there, and you get a clear run. It just depends on that timing, and yeah, sometimes you get blocked for that reason. So um, at the moment, I think he's got some really good people ahead of him, and it'll be hard. But um, you know, he's keeps winning. If he keeps winning, he'll probably get a shot. That's the way mm. it works. So when you think of blokes, as you, you touched on before, guys who want the easy fights and yep. want to be Facebook champions and then blokes who want the hard fights. When you think of a bloke who's genuinely tough, wants to test himself against the very best, who comes to mind? Or, or a well, girl for that matter. Yeah, sometimes you've got to take that away from them too because some fighters just want to fight. They'll fight anybody and that's not good because I'll get hurt and, and you can only have so many hard wars. So sometimes you've got to manage them. But a um, uh, guy that'll fight anyone... Um, let me ever think. Uh, you know, probably someone like um, yeah. Look, it's it's a hard one. This uh, yeah, I'm talking about. I, I'm, I'm talking about for um, uh, world title. I mean, domestically. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's favourite people like um, there's a guy Anthony Buttigieg who won the Commonwealth title. You know, he would um, he was just a bit good tough fighter. He's got a, he had an eye injury. But he, he was one of those ones who would fight anyone. Um, Do you think this plays into the whole uh, heavyweight world championship sort of thing that's going on at the moment where you can't get a match between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder? Well, the money's too much money. I mean, uh, you're talking tens of millions of dollars. So you're going to protect your investment. So um, uh, that's, that's, it's all political. I mean, if you're a promoter, you don't want to lose your boy either. So it's... it's Do you think Anthony Joshua's already maybe... Gone after after losing. I, th I think he'll win the rematch. Ruiz. I think I think he would have thought Ruiz was an easy fight, as some people do. Um, I think that Horn took the referee as easy too. By the mm. way, yeah. Sometimes you can't get. I think Pacquiao took Horn as a joke. Who's this guy? You know, school teacher from Brisbane. I, he shouldn't be in the same ring as me. That's what Pacquiao would be thinking, and probably um, didn't probably didn't give it a hundred percent. But then again. Um, Horn gave it 110 percent, and that's the difference. And, and Horn deserved the win. You know, he won, and, and it's great. So, you know, um, I don't. Think, I think Joshua will come out a different fighter. Um, 
Might I've, be in London, that one as well. I think it's in uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, it is December. too, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah, Big strange fight. Strange <laughs> well, they got they got plenty of money, so yeah, it all yeah. comes down to money. I mean, boxing is all about money. It's it's been like that. The history of it. Mm. Um, Do you see a difference in that in UFC and the fact that UFC those guys have no choice but yeah, to meet right. the best UFC, in the world? They, they fight the best. You yeah, know? like you know, we've got four super middleweights here with. Um, Jade Mitchell, Zach Dunn, Rowan Murdoch, and Bialakwe. Now, some will fight some, some will fight them all, and some will fight none. Depends which one. I'm not going to say which ones, but that's, those four should fight, but there's too much money involved. I mean, when you're world ranked, why would you fight? Um, I know, um, like Zach Dunn, you know, he's, uh, he's rated number four, and Rowan Murdoch's rated number two. You know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good management to fight the other two. And if the other two are rated two and four, it wouldn't be good management for them to fight the other two. Now, when they don't have a rating or something and they want to move ahead, it's a fantastic fight. And they're, they're fights that should happen. Um, and I think they will happen in future. I mean, uh, I think those... Um, but, you know, we're, strong division we're blessed. For Australia. Yeah, and there's, a, there's another guy, um, Matea Tapia, who's mm. just fought last fought week. Fantastically. And, you know, so you've got five there, and there's a guy called Ferris Chevillier from Queensland, who's another great mm. uh, super middleweight. We're blessed with super middleweights, and... Um, yeah, hopefully they, you know, a few of them get it on, and that's what's been happening lately. A few of these guys have been fighting, mm. but not guys that have actually got high world ranking yep. against the guy that hasn't got a ranking. It's it, you know, you just, uh, it, in my opinion, it'd be silly to fight an Aussie, even though it's bragging right, and you know, I'm an Aussie, I'll fight an Aussie. Do you when, think it'd be better to go on the international scene? And, and well, no, you're better off fighting a soft opponent. Just wait for your opportunity. When, when you get there, when you're in those rankings, title. you're gonna get a call up. So, um, for that yeah. big, big money fight, or for the yeah. world title fight, or world title fight, yeah, world world title. I mean, Jade Mitchell's had three world title opportunities given to him um, that he hasn't been able to take for various reasons, from injury or short notice. Um, last week, I know that Zach Dunn got offered Peter Quinlan, um, who beat Michael's ref. Funny enough, um, he got offered that fight as too. But a lot of it's always short time, and I know Zach's had a couple of world title offers. Sometimes they just pick you, it's too short, you know, you don't have a preparation or you've got a, something wrong with you, so it doesn't happen. But, mm. um, yeah, there's, um, you know, we, we, we've got a, a good group of fighters in Australia, um, but no one really outstanding. Do you, do, you, um, do you follow the amateurs much, like, of, of those guys who are coming up? I mean, you um, I, don't, I don't follow, I mean, here, bits and pieces of them. Mm. Um, we mainly do professionals, but... You know, we work with a lot of coaches that have both amateur and professional. So do you, do you don't see anybody who you could put the spotlight on and say that person could be outstanding, whether it be a young well, the guy or called Justice Hooney. They said he's absolute superstar. Hmm. The What's best his name? Justice Hooney, super heavyweight. Okay. They said he's the best you're ever going to get. Like he's really? an absolute standout superstar, um, super heavyweight. You know, wow. Undefeated. He's just um, he just one out of the box. So that's that's the the standout. What I'm told. Awesome. But, um, yeah, look, you know, I. I I, I really do hope some of our boys that go through and win world titles, you know, whether with me or someone else, I mean, we should embrace them and, and support them. Yeah. Um, but boxing is a funny sport. It's one of those things where they'll make 100 phone calls to muck you up but not one to help you. It's a very, um, it's a, it's a very funny sport. I mean, people don't get on. Promoters don't get on. I don't get on with certain promoters. Um, you don't get on with certain... Some people like me. Some people don't like me. It's just the way it is. And yeah. I don't like people. And some people don't like another promoter. And... Um, politics, as you said. It's all politics, yeah. And, and you know, when uh, when you get to work with someone, they go, oh, you know, geez, uh, you know, 
you've been great to work with. I wish I met you earlier. Mm. Yeah, just people people talk about people, and uh, um, but you know I've got some great friends in the sport too. Yeah, uh, all around the country and different promoters. Tell us about your relationship with Paul Firefield. Oh, Paul, I've known Paul for um, um, you know thirty years. He's um, Paul's a legend. I mean, he's um, one of the people that know. He's one of the hard men. He doesn't look like it. I mean, he's, he's got a body. Gentleman in he's person. got a body of a twenty-year-old. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's a fearless sort of bloke. He's a uh, fitness fanatic. Um, you know, he's he's one of those guys that's one of the real hard men of Melbourne, but he's a very soft sort of person. He's soft, mm. loving, caring sort of person. That's absolutely um, correct. You know, he. I can't praise Paul enough. He's um, he's one of the nicest people I know. He's just, mm. he's just a wonderful man. You go, you have a few, you still catch up and keep in touch and all that sort of stuff? Well, I, I own the Melbourne Pavilion, so Paul does Fight Fit there. And, um, fight Fit Challenge nights. Fight yeah. Fit Challenge, yeah. So, you know, after every show he rings me and thanks me and that's the sort of guy he is. I said, Paul, stop ringing me. And he says, oh no, I just want to thank you for last night. You know, your staff were great, the venue was great. Um, and, you know, I'm always happy to have him there. And um, uh, Yeah, look, you know, I, I see him in a few of those things. When I, do, I don't go to all the shows there, obviously, because um, I try not to interfere with other promoters' shows by being there. Um, it's their show, it's their time. But, um, you know, I've been a few of Paul's and, and they're fantastic nights. All those, all those sort of um, challenge nights, and we do a few of them, whether we do mainly all of them actually, um, they're better than the bo- pro boxing shows because you've got unreal. two guys, they're getting in, there's no ego, they just have a crack. Yeah, know, and they just let him go. Yeah, I That's did it. one, I did a Fight Fit Challenge last year as my first fight, which was just scary as shit fuck it was so much fun though <laughs> yeah no, and it was an unreal, unreal you feel like a rock star yeah and that's right and, and it's a great opportunity to do and you know you've got big gloves and you've got headgear and, you know, and, and no one really gets hurt I don't think I've seen too many get hurt um, but it's it's um, you know like I said they're better nights it's, a, it's the atmosphere is better they're not boxing people you get a lot of people who have invested in it in the crowd as well like people's friends coming yeah they're all cheering down. and they have a good time and and they drink different. Like, you know, obviously we are, we are in the bar, so we know what they drink, and you'll see that the uh, it's more of a nightclub crowd. Okay. You know, it's vodka and that sort of thing. Where boxing thing is, you know, Jack Daniels and that sort of stuff. It's a very different crowd, and it's interesting. Much that you more, can sort of differentiate that. Oh, we do. And much more prettier girls. Yeah. The most beautiful girls go to these um, corporate shows than so than the, than the boxing shows. I'll have to be a spectator next time. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, uh, they, uh, I just can't believe some of the. Uh, uh, some of the crowd. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a pretty crowd. You know, it's a different crowd. I'm not saying boxing people are a bad crowd, but you know, you're always going to have beating up heads around, though. Yeah, you will. <laughs> and look, you know, when I started boxing, um, which is coming on about 16 years now, in, in shows, um, that's the way it was. You, they were in town halls, and you'd go to a town there, and there'd be a guy with a flat nose, and you'd stand in the crowd, and you'd look across, and oh, hang on, you know, some guy give you a dirty look. I did my first show, a sit-down dinner. It was unheard of. And now everyone in Australia does sit-down dinners. Oh, so you, uh, you put Very that true, in? 100%. And, wow. And I got criticised. I said, look, why, you know, you, you alienated the boxing crowd. And I said, mate, to tell you the truth, it's never going to grow because if you're intimidated about a show and you're not environment. So what we did is, you know, I had a lot of my shows that uh, I did the last show ever at the Palace Theatre before it got pulled down in St Kilda. And I've done, uh, I did a lot of Docklands at the Atlantic there. And um, we took it to five-star venues. And in the end, obviously, I built my own venue, which I believe is the best boxing venue in Australia, full stop. Melbourne Pavilion. Full stop. I mean, it may even be the best boxing venue, intimate venue in the world, because no one's really done something like that. But 
we it's did 1500 it. that feels like more that's right and yeah. it's got the atmosphere and look people love it there and you know it doesn't matter even your show's not great being there is so much better so we've had um uh you know and we we're very strict on the food's got to be good the service got to be good you know and we give them an atmosphere where it's um um it's almost like a wedding with a boxing ring in the ring and like i said the, the days of um going to these town halls and you know drinking a warm beer with a can of beer you know, you know we're, we're we're five star service now you know it's the way the, it the food and the service is always fantastic yeah. and when you're at the tables you can order um i've done this quite a few times been a bit at those tables i've had at least three or four times over the last year and you can always order more food if you want and you get yeah, more look, drinks brought out here and there's there's um uniform staff walking around it's just not what you'd expect to see from look, i have uh, my staff even friday night someone come and said oh yeah table 13 yeah they, they want some extra drinks in that and I said, yeah, give it to them. We charge them. I said, no, just give it to them and tell them it's from me. And that's what we do. We, we, uh, and look, if I'm at the show and you say, oh, listen, uh, I need a knife, I'll actually go to the kitchen and bring it back to you. Mm. Or if I'm there and you say, look, can you get me some more? Uh, someone asked the other day, can you get me some of those donuts? Went to the kitchen, bought a plate out. Now, those one percenters are why we've got a full house every show. We sell more tables in one show than some people do in three shows mm. combined. So it's the all one percenters. But, you know, we make the customer priority and make sure that we have good fights and we have good talent i mean you know we have some great fighters that fight for our our company it's big time boxing and um uh and even the guys working here like you know uh, young jakey ellis's ellis promotion he's doing a great job too you know he's um he's evolved you know he came out of the western suburb venues i said jake you're not going to grow out there mate and i've sort of half sort of mentored him a little bit to the point that he's probably going to take over soon. I watch him a lot, actually. He's yeah. doing fantastic. I watch he's all of his fantastic. interviews. You know, and, 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 you know, he's, he learns. He's, he, um, um, and he's doing great shows, fantastic shows. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's a credit to the sport. That's the sort of show that mm. you should be looking at. And so he's a, he's a real up-and-comer in yeah, terms of... Yeah, he is. You know, and if I do another big stadium or something, I'll probably do one with him because, yeah, he's the next generation and he's got a good team around him and, you know, he's, he's a good guy. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy and he puts in... Um, so, you know, he's got his head screwed on and, and, um, and then you've got the other... There are other promoters that, um, you know, they're basically grubs. That's somebody, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say who they are, but there's, there's good promoters and bad promoters, you know. Yeah. And, um, um, but look, there's a lot of promoters coming through now. You know, Will Tomlinson, ex-boxer, he's doing shows now. He's doing a good job. Yep. Great production and, uh, you know, he, he's a good guy. And there's, there's other promoters out there that are doing a great job too. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, the sport and obviously... Out of Bavian, we do the MMA, which um, I think I'm actually going like. to a show um, this Friday night. The, no, it's it's in a few weeks' time. It's on the fourth of October. It's yeah, the Eternal it's, MMA. Yeah, they uh, there's a first show title because Jack Della is a went to school with um, a lot of my mates. Went to the same school as me, but he was in the year level below. Um, and I'm mates with his older brother as well. And those boys are coming down, and he'll be fighting for the Australian title for Eternal MMA. So yeah, so they um, um, well, there's one on Friday night which is Hex which is an MMA show, which is probably the leading one in Australia. And then yep. we do AFC, which is, again, equally, uh, equally as good. And then uh, this, this group, as you said, they rang us up and said they wanted the book and uh, we didn't know who they were. There's something to do with Mushroom Records or something because um, we had no idea who they are. But, yeah, they certainly, they've booked the show. and um, They've got some... They're an up-and-coming sort of um, mm. promotion, I think. They're... They're doing all right. They've got some. They've got some good fighters in there. As I said, Jack Della. Hopefully, he's a few fights off the UFC. I'd say, but I'm not really. I'm not really too in the know. I know that Hex and AFC are obviously the biggest ones. Jimmy yeah. Crew came out of 
Hicks and Ben Soli. Uh, I was at um, Pavilion like two months ago, and um, who's fighting the main event this one? Um, this one, oh, Adesanya and Whitaker. Oh, Whitaker. So I'm standing there, and the police came in, and the guys took me, oh, how's your crowd good? And he says, that's Whitaker. So I'm like, who's Whitaker? <laughs> he goes, can I get a photo? He was in the crowd, you know, he comes down and supports. You didn't know who Rob Whitaker was? Well, I didn't know. I know who he is. I didn't know. I mean, obviously, he okay. was just standing there and Jake Matthews goes there. It's quite a few of the boys go there. And, um, yeah, most of our Australians go through, like Tai Tuivasa. Mm. He fought in two of my heavyweight tournaments. You know, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and on the weekend, Ben Sassoli, who mm. just went to... Um, Daniel White's Contender Series. Yeah, and he, uh, he flew back on Friday for my show, you know, and um, Ben's fought a lot of my shows. You know, and he also fights in May, but um, yeah. So you know, it's it's a small community. I mean, uh, most of the, I think we're the biggest in Australia, Victoria for MMA, and most of these uh, guys who go UFC do come through the Pavilion and come through that circuit of you know Hex, AFC, or, or various other ones. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's so exciting to see in MMA as well. The Aussie boys come up, and Ben Tassoli was so fucking unlucky to not to not um, get that UFC contract last week after that bloke pulled out yeah, with, know, with the sore eye. I know, and he's... Um, I had him on, he fought a guy called Trent Rawlings who was, you know, um, went to the World Games, got a silver medalist, uh, which is unheard of in the amateurs, and, you know, six foot six, built like a god, and he and I put him in the fight with... Um, and Dave Hitchcock was a trainer, actually, mm. and I said, Dave, can you look after Trent in the corner? So they're in there, and Trent won every second of the fight. Every second, except for the last two seconds. Ben's in a big overhead right, knocked him out. Like, was like, He's got what? that knockout power. So, yeah, I mean, he did not lose one second except for that last two, but just hit him, and that was the end of it. And, um, um, but, you know, Trent's... Uh, um, he's, he's built his record up, and he, he rang me last week, said he's got, he got a contract with Don King now coming up. So Trent's a great, uh, a great guy as well, and... Um, yeah, so, really, so those guys are always coming down to your shows and just supporting the local fights and everything? Yeah, look, uh, like I said, it is a small community. I mean, uh, you know, like Sam Solomon, for instance, you know, uh, I think you know Sam. Yeah, I know Sam well. Yeah, great guy. I mean, I've done all his fights from the Mundine loss, funny enough, all the way through to the world title. And he's a, he's a great friend. I did his last fight, his final fight. And, um, you know, we'd had, you know, a lot of years together and he's a very close friend of mine. I trained in the mornings now and um, I've been training with him for a year and a half. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, you know, he, he comes to all the shows. I mean, most people, it, it is a small community. And we, we um, um, you know, I try not to, to charge a boxer if they come. I let them in for free. Um, I don't like, um, I think they give enough to the sport that they, they should at least get the opportunity to come in for free. A lot of promoters don't do that. But, um, you know, a lot of the boxers, they're, um, they become your friends. Like Kane Watts, um, who I'm going to get a big fight for. Yeah, he's probably one of my best friends, but he's, he's a boxer. But, we, you mm. know, it's not a boxer-promoter-type relationship. It's We're mates. Well, there's some know? awesome people in the industry. I mean, you, we, we touched on it before the podcast that we've got a mutual friend and one of my really good mates is Porky Lovett, and you're yeah. good mates with him as well. I did Porky. I don't know if he went to Porky's shows, but we, we did that at Docklands and Porky fought Tim, Tim Bell. Like, the, still probably the best fight you've ever seen. Um, yeah, Porky was just a... Uh, and that's the thing, see... Porky stopped boxing probably six years ago, seven years. Yep. But he's still the same mate as when he was boxing. We still contact, we still see each other. Mm. Um, just because they're not boxing, and I, I say this as a boxer, boxing is a small part of your life, but we're going to be friends hopefully forever. So it's only that small window, and 
boxing is a bit. I, I don't think the average age of the uh, AFL. I think they play for like three or four years. That's it. Average. Yeah, they could just get chewed boxing, up and spat out. Boxing's the same. Some linger on, like Sam. You know, mm. goes on for twenty years, but most people are out of it within three or four years. Now, you know, Porky, and, but they had that amateur career first. Mm. But Porky was a, was a great talent. If I'd got him earlier, I'm sure we would have got a world title shot with him. Tell and us he, about him as a fighter. All action, like you know, he's. When you say who anyone fight, he would fight anyone. He's one of those guys. Didn't care who it was, I'll fight him. That's the way he wants. And the harder to fight, the better. You know, some people. Well, Kane Watts is like that. Kane Watts, you know, never ever asked who am I fighting. And actually, it's my responsibility to hold it back. But he would fight King Kong. Now, I'm not going to let him fight King Kong. Cause he'd probably get hurt. But you know, that's um, he's that sort of thing. And Porky's like that too. Porky fought anyone, anywhere. Couldn't care less. Um, you say you've got to fight. Yep. Let's go. So you think that he would have won a world championship? You I do, 100%. Say that. 100%. It's, it's a bit easier these days. He's got days. that character about him, Porky. He had a massive following. Mate. Mm. He would fill a stadium. Like Apparently that he used to get a few down at the Knox. Oh, <laughs> when, when, when we put him on, you'd, you'd sell the place out. We did one at Cranbourne. That's where he's from. And we did the racetrack um, probably about nine years ago. And, and his wife, Chanel, mm. who wasn't his wife at the time. Still uh, is. <laughs> no, at the time, but no, he wasn't married. Oh, then. sorry, sorry. I thought you said because it was his wife. I was going to go to his wedding, but I had a show on in Echuca, uh that day, and I, I always regret not going to the wedding because. But I did the show; it was already booked, and, and we did it. So that was the day he got married. But um, so we had we were ready for ten thousand people because he was like he's a legend up there. Hmm. I mean, when he used to play the footy, when he ran on the whole crowd would jump up. So we set this day up, and it hadn't rained for like seventy-two years, and I checked on the weather. I said, I think we've got a bit of a problem. It was the wettest day they've ever had in a February. It was in February, ever. Like, I don't think it's ever rained since then up in February. But that day we got washed down. We ended up doing the betting ring. So, you know, 10,000 went down to 2,000, which is still a good crowd. But, um, you know, Porky, that's how much support he had. I mean, he, he, he was massive. I mean, he, um, and, you know, he's one of those, he's always happy, you know, him. Mm. He's always smiling, happy. That's, a, that's the, um, that's he's the always good for a laugh, does not take himself too seriously. I mean, as you know, his father passed away a few weeks ago and got down to the funeral and he yeah. just had all the support in the world. And he, yeah, he got up and he made a speech and you could tell that he was, he was struggling to, to get his words out, but it ended up being so, so funny and so enlightening. I felt like I knew his old man so much well, better after. I was, I, was at wedding, oh, sorry, I was at the funeral as well, obviously, and uh, he told me afterwards, we, we walked out the front, he said, look, you know, I practiced that speech 10 times and said on the day when I got there, it's a whole different story. He said, I, I nailed it at home, but when I got there, I, it just didn't come out. Um, but it came out from the heart. And that's all that matters. And, um, I, felt like, I felt like he did really well in terms of if you're speaking at someone's funeral, it's so hard because you want to show them the depths of how much you love them and, and stuff and you choke up. But yeah, you could really tell. So yeah, he's a good man, Porky. And I, I would have... L- I would have loved to have seen him fight, but I'm just too young. I've only become mates with him in the last year or so, unfortunately. Well, I can tell you, if you're friends with him, you're not going to get a better friend. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I can tell you now. He's just, yeah. He's one in a million. There's not many like him. So how did you catch the, the bug, the boxing bug? Uh, I've always followed the sport um, and been involved in, a, in some sort of way with the boxers or whatever and the trainer. And uh, I, uh, There was a guy called Lance Costello who was a brilliant fighter and he couldn't get fights. And um, the trainer became friends of mine, and uh, my great friend was Dave Hitchcock, and it was his. his uh, I've he, had Dave Hitchcock on the show. We, we did a two and a half hour chat. Yeah, well, his mate was um, uh, Ray Giles, who, who also trained people like Jeff Fennick and a few others, and and he trained uh, Lance, and we couldn't get fights. So I I sort of tried to help out a little bit, 
and then I started doing a show with them and trying to advance Lance and um, um, Lance had been in the sport since a young boy, like six or seven, and um, he decided at an early age he was going to retire, even though he's, he's quite highly ranked. I think we got him about number two or three in the world. But he, he retired from there. He had enough. That's fair enough. And um, I stayed in the sport. And every time you go to get out, there's new kids coming through and you get stuck because um, um, you give a commitment to someone. And, it's, and you know, you, you got that commitment to them. And I've got this guy called Chris Teravesky. He's a heavyweight. And same thing, I, I want to see him go through. And he's with the same trainer that had Lance. And... Um, you know, at time it's it's an unforgiving sport. There's not much. Um, you do a lot of things. You spend a lot of time. There's no money in it. Right? People think there's money. There's no money in it. Um, I could make. If I worked for a week, I could make what I make in boxing a year, in one week, in my normal job, which is property. property. But you know, I do this thing. It takes up all my time. Does the least amount of money. But it's something that you do, and it's it's great reward. But then, um, is it kind of like a? Sorry to interrupt you, but is it kind of like a? The social part of it as well because it seems like you've got a lot of your friends around you and you can sort of and those events are something that you really enjoy in that in that sense it's a little bit different because i already own the venue so whether i had it or not it'd be the same and mm. you know i used to own nightclubs it's the same thing you 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 know a lot of people and uh you know even at the at our venue the pavilion a lot of the clientele are mine through my friends whether it be for a wedding or or you know, whatever event we have, it's normally a contact of mine that um, over many years they become friends of mine. That's where our business comes from, a lot of it, mainly um, through my contacts. So, you know, I certainly know a lot of people and, um, and uh, you know, I try to help those people too. So if someone wants, um, you know, my girl at the office always says, Brian, don't come in. You keep giving things away for free because, you know, like I said, um, like Paul has asked me a couple of times, can you do me favours? No, I say, yeah, no worries, Paul. You know, that's, that's the way you do it. So... But that's why you've got loyalty and support and, you know, Paul's a great supporter and um, um, and most of the guys that do our venue, are, you know, they're, they're nice people. And, um, yeah, look, it's um, – but, you know, the fighters do become almost like your children and when one leaves it, like, it's like, um, you know, your girlfriend's left you. You know, you put so much time into them and um, certainly there's no, there's no money for me. I don't take any money off any boxer. So if you're going to fight for a world title, I'm going to pay my own way there. Mm. And I pay my own hotel room, and if you win, a, you get a million dollar purse. It's all yours. It's not mine. I love to hear that. I love to hear that fighters getting looked after because they generally do put their bodies on the line, and blood, sweat, and tears. You got to, you've got to that, look that's after. That's why I got a duty to look after them. See, that's what I'm saying. But you can't have the people that want to fight. Some people just want to fight hard fights. They want to fight anyone, um, and some of them don't have the ability. And you can't really say that. So you have got to protect that fighter sometimes. And um, you know, some people don't care. Like I said, there's some promoters that I'm saying that they'll just throw them in and slaughter them. And, and uh, um, you know, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's wrong what they do to some of these people. And, um, you know, some people are very badly managed or promoted um, that are really good fighters that could go all the way. And, and it, sometimes it turns around. But, um, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those sports that sort of chews you up and, each, uh, and throws you out. So it's... it's um, mm. You know, it's uh, at the moment, um, you know, I have times where I enjoy it and sometimes I think I wish I could walk away. But, you know, we're involved. I've got a lot of fighters. Um, we do more shows than anybody in the country by far. And um, it's sort of something I'm sticking in. I'm, I'm trying to uh, train Justin so that I can pass it on to people to run the shows and, uh, and have a, a little bit less say in it. And, and um, I'm just looking at the right people for that. But, you know... I'd say within um, three years, 
there'll be other people running our shows and, you know, I'll have a very small... I have a say in it. Like Jake Ellis. Um, look, Jake's going to do his own things, you know, but, um, you know, as far as my shows, mm. we're different shows, you know. We, we're different shows and uh, we run a, um, a different type of clientele. So you've got your own, obviously, your own people then you got who, own people, who can yeah, so, give you a chop out. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just looking at the right people to do the right thing and, and um, um, it's like this gym at Fight Fit, you know, Paul can't do the whole thing. You need people to take over. That's why he and Bash are such a good team. Yeah, absolutely. Another great guy. You know, so look, I'm hoping that um, we'll groom those people. And um, yeah, my son's a promoter, but you know, I don't think he's too keen on doing it. So that probably um, is not going to happen. But um, yeah, look, it's uh, and they go and cycle. Sometimes you're on top of the tree, and then a few other shows will come on and knock you off. And you know, it's it's sort of you have to have thick skin because, as you said, there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of stuff going on some untoward stuff you know yeah they try and they try and get in the fighters heads i can give you more money and do this for you and all that for you but there's no shortcut i mean you either um, stick with the team that's with you or jump ship and and hope for the best and you know i've had um you know probably had four or five that have left me that have been great fighters and they've all been beaten within two fights so that history mm. shows you what, what what what's there and uh you know, we, we've been lucky to have a lot of guys come through our cards that have gone on for world titles. And, um, yeah, look, it's uh, I think, I think um, it's a transition time at the moment. But like I said, boxing around the world is growing, but not so much here. Although, you know, they are doing broadcasts here and that's good. And um, I understand that a fighter wants to be on TV, but you understand something like Fox, you know, draws like seven, 8,000 people watch it. This live stream stuff's where it is. Like, you know, you can do a show, you can do a live stream and you might pick up, you know, 100,000 people look at it. People go, oh, I want to be on TV. I go, Don't forget about TV. People like Epicenter is where the future is. Yep. You know, where yep. they can broadcast to 200 countries and yep. that's when you're getting a real view and someone's going to pick you up. So I think that's... Uh, it's I know kind that, of like that Netflix model Well, what they've, what they've created now, I had a meeting last week, which is where we're going, is they've got a new thing with Netflix where you can just click on and you can have the boxing. So you awesome. can watch boxing on, on your Netflix a certain channel and you'll be able to do pay-per-view that way as well so you'll be able to say oh, I want to watch there needs to be a medium so they'll, they'll, well like at the moment awesome. it's main event Fox does a monopoly but yep. that's changing and that will happen I know IBM have worked with uh, Epicenter and uh, that's going to change over the next um, it's still new because you understand the, the, the demographics of the boxing people you still got a lot of old people in boxing you know and um, they don't know how to use a smartphone <laughs> they don't know how to use Netflix you know um, so it's going to take the younger generation to sort of show them through. And, uh, you know, I honestly believe that um, streaming is where the future... And that's why they're doing it in America. And that's the future of the sport. Yeah, there's no doubt. Not, not no TV. Doubt. No yeah. doubt. You're spot so, on. Yeah, that's an awesome avenue for it to go down, I think. And um, one thing I'm, I'm interested in, I won't keep you too much longer, but one thing I'm really interested in is... Um, the fact that you introduced tables, it seems like something that's so sort of small, but it, to me it's a visionary sort of thing to do because it completely changes the atmosphere of a boxing show. Are there any other sort of imp- changes or well, things that yeah, you've implemented? Well, if you come to our shows now, you'll see the production we do. Um, we're taking another level. You know, we do a different production now and uh, we do a lot of film clips and, um, you know, like when the fighters come out, they have their name, the photos and their records and... We do a lot of film clips as far as um, all through the night, different clips that we do um, about our shows. And even on Friday night, I said to... Um, uh, there's a wonderful lady, Marty Camilleri. She does all the photographs. And I said, Marty, we've got to take this another level. 
you got to, you know, you got to keep getting ahead of the opposition. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, we did the food and um, we try to take up another level all the time. And um, and look, I, I sit there sometimes and go, you know, this is really good shows. They're really good shows. And I do go to other shows sometimes, not much, because if I go to the show, it's I don't want it to be about me. It's about them. And so I, I give them respect. And not, but some of the shows I go to, they're just terrible. You know, the, uh, the um, uh, you know the lighting's wrong, and you know, you got to have a sort of dark. You got to have there's certain things you got to do to make a show look good. And um, the attention to detail. Yeah, I watched uh, yesterday on uh, in um, they had a fight at the uh, O2 in England, England um, Lemachenko, and I watched the entrance. And, Gee, that looks great. They had this thunder. In it. So I recorded it. So when I go back, so let's put that in our show. And that's what you know. I've spent a few um, fights in Vegas, and I did Manny Pacquiao in Macau, and we try to take some of those bits that they do, a mm. little bit of everything, and try and package up. Because there's a, there's a promoter years ago called Tarek Solak. Yeah. And um, he did the best shows ever. Yep. And I always said, if you could do Tarek Solak shows in boxing, you got a winner. And no one's ever done that. But you know, if you do that right production, and that's, um, but it costs you money and time, and and um, you know, Jakey's getting out to a small extent because he's got a team producing stuff, and a lot of fighters now see that you know they're doing the um, the film clips, and I'm talking with a couple of my fighters, um, Lucas Miller and Chris Terioski, about doing these film clips as well. That's what they want to do in production, and you know, we, we're going to try and do, we want to make entertainment. We want them to go to a show and go, gee, I had a great night, even if the fight's not 100 percent right. They're going to say, that was a really entertaining mm. night. You've got to shock them. It's almost like a theatre production. It's got to be. And that's where I see the changing and also the marketing into the, into the fights. And um, like Will Thomas is doing a good job with it at the moment. You know, His marketing is very good at the moment. So, um, yeah, look, there's, it's, everybody's lifts the game. Um, it's no longer, you know, put a fight on, turn up, they turn up. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I'm so, I'm so glad that people are doing that because... As a fan of the sport, you just want to see good shows and you want attention to detail, you want fighters to be looked after, you want, you know, passion and all of that sort of stuff. So it's good to see that people are, you know, trying to take it to the next level and trying to continue improving these shows. And, and we know how to match fight. I mean, I can give you fantastic fights, but sometimes I just don't want to fight. Mm. You know, I had one on the weekend, David Draypack and Jackson King, fight of the year again. Every time he fights, you know, Pack is the best fight ever, all-action fighter, but... You know, some people don't want those fights and some people just want soft fights. Mm. Yeah, some fighters, I don't want to name fighters, but some people say, that's who I'm fighting. And you go, oh, mate, you know, I don't even get that over the line. Nothing that's who I want. And they want the softest possible fight. That's just the way it is. And if you don't do it, they go elsewhere. Uh, and, you know, they're not bad ticket sellers. So you put up with a little bit to an extent. But, um, look, we're, we're, trying to, um, we're trying to raise the standard. And um, as with anything, you know, you do some fantastic shows and sometimes they just go flat. Sometimes you have a perfect match show on paper, you turn up the night and it just doesn't work, you know, and you go, Jesus, what happened, you know. It's, um, mm. So there's no, there's no, look, there is a, a method to it, but sometimes it doesn't translate that way. But, yeah. You know, look, um, I think we, I think most of our shows are, are good quality shows. Um, I, uh, I, I don't think, you know, not many. I, I can't remember. I'd certainly time, say so. I'd say, that, I'd say that every I've show that bad I've, shows, you know, every been, show that I've been to, especially the ones of of yours and at the Melbourne Pavilion, have all been of, of a high quality, good fights. You know, it keeps you entertained, keeps you engaged as mm. well the whole time. 
the setup's good. There's not a bad seat in the house, I find. No, there's no bad seats. Um, so another thing is that obviously Fight Fit and the Fight Fit podcast, we're really like big on, you know, advocating for like the positive benefits that boxing and um, training can have on, mm. on people. Um, obviously, guys, boxing does get a bad rap sometimes around Melbourne and Australia. What would you say about that and how sort of we can sort of change that stigma? Well, no, I, I sort of think that boxing and the, the new, these um, fight camps they do now are almost like they're 45s now. They become the craze and... Um, uh, you know, whilst you know your opposition is, is obviously twelve rounds on that, but everybody's getting into boxing, and they're springing up all around the country, all around the world. And the benefits—I mean, I've seen boxers that uh, like Joe Watson used to train down the gym with us, fantastic, could run all day in the football field, but he'd be in a bucket throwing up after fifteen minutes, you know. <laughs> and he was actually not a bad bad boxer in the end, but um, it's a different sport, of course. Mm. And the benefits of boxing are uh, enormous for people and the health and um, People really get into it. It's it's one of those um, team building sports, and you know the people that train. I mean, I train at six in the morning, and I know all the people there, and we're all friends, and we you know we all have a chat, and it's um, you know if you're not there, they say, oh, what happened to you yesterday? It's it's uh, once you start doing those classes, and definitely you, a sport that keeps you accountable. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. absolutely. I um, um, I was with a girl the other day, and I'm saying, come on, hit me, hit me like that, you know, and she's mm. she's looking at me like this, and she's trying, couldn't do anything, and then I. I when bang the bell rang and I talked away and she's just gone bang and the thing hit me straight in the chin. I was like, mate, you know, I was talking about when the bell wasn't going, but yeah, it's uh, you, you got to be on your you got to be on your um, on your game with it. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a great thing. I think it's the the best sport to do, and um, you know you can lift weights and you can do all sorts of things. But this thing has got a um, yeah cardio and core strength. It's 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 an enormous sport and. Um, I couldn't. Look, I, I say to all people, and when they do start, a lot, a lot of people are. Um, I went down Sam Solomon's, and I've done it, you know, most of my life. By the way, and I went there, and I looked down there, and I thought, oh, this looks pretty easy. And then I went the next day, and I said, this is not the same class <laughs> I saw yesterday. And like I went to a really easy one. It is hard, but you adapt pretty quick. Um, you know, my sons, my sons have been doing it since they're kids, and mm. they, my, my middle one comes with me in the mornings, and yeah, he's a, he's a great boxer, and. Um, um, you know, his girlfriend comes along now and it's, you know, it's, um, and girls love it. Girls really love it. Um, and, uh, I see a lot of girls on Instagram these days who are boxing and stuff like I, that. I it's trendy. Great. I think it's, um, it's, a, it's a mainstream, uh, fitness thing now. It's Absolutely. no longer, Absolutely. Oh, you know, in the boxing gym and have a stigma, which, which boxing does have. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's accepted now, mm. by the way. Well, it doesn't really help when you have, um, sort of, Controversial things happen at fights, and there was the shooting at the Melbourne Pavilion mm. a few or months outside, ago. Outside the Pavilion, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Look, oh, that, those people have never been to Pavilion before. We've been running for seventeen years. We never had a push and shove, basically. That's the thing. Times. There's never been a single fight and until then. These people turn up. We don't know who they were. They were in there. I don't even know how they got the tickets, but somehow they got in there. Um, we asked them to leave, and they did leave. And the, the incident happened. The two groups had been. Um, uh, at each other for many months before. If the history of it is that one burnt the house down and the other one shot the other one's house up and, and it just happened they both did the same night and out the front, he left. They were gone. And the other group went out the back way to go and they just bumped into each other and ignited. And um, that would have happened whether it be at the football, at McDonald's, at 
They just it just Anywhere it was. They just came in together that night, and that was unfortunate because people think that's what happens, but it doesn't happen. And, and obviously, um, that makes the news, and all of the awesome, well, successful, the thing about friendly the news, events don't make the news. To the credit, the police said it was a well-run, well-organized event. That was their line, and that certainly saves them. It didn't affect our business at all. In actual fact, our business went up from it. Mm. And you know, we've in, implemented things like metal detectors now, which really should be in every venue. And it is mandatory now, even fight fit, you have to have any any sport, whether it be UFC, UFC would be going through metal detectors. Every combat sport in in Victoria now must have metal detectors. And I think it's a good idea because it's a safety thing. And um, I, I think that's one of the positives. And for people who, who may not also attend these events regularly, it might put their mind at ease to see that it's more highly regulated as well. Yeah, look, you know, we had the, we had the jokes originally. They said, oh, you know, go to the pavilion and we get shot, you know, like as a joke. Um, you know, it was sort of poor taste in a way because someone did uh, unfortunately pass away that night and, you know, out, outside obviously uh, in the street and that he was an innocent person that was with the group. But, um, look, it's, uh, um, it's a very safe environment. Like I said, there's, um, our security are which would be the same security that you use, I'd, I'd presume. I'm pretty sure they are. I'd imagine um, so. Steve Irvine, um, you know, his crew, been around a long time, well respected. They handled, they handled it very well on the oh. night, I did say. As soon as it happened, sort of obviously there's a big sort of manic yeah. thing that goes on and everyone's like, what the hell is that? But then they locked it off. They, you know, sealed the venue. The police were there within a minute. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was ridiculous how quickly the police came and... Um, yeah, it was, it was handled very well. What was going through your head at that moment when you... When well, you like that? I said, I, I was outside with them. We asked them to leave and I walked outside and they'd agreed to leave and it, it was all nice. And I went back in the venue and I was standing inside of the ring and, and I heard the noise and I thought, what's that? And then I saw a few people duck down, even though it was outside, but you could hear it come through the doors. So I, um, I sort of stood for a minute and I was looking at it and I thought my next thing was, gee, I better duck. I did for a minute and then I got up and said what am I doing so I went straight to the door and uh, I said what's happened and he said I was shooting I said anyone hurt and he said yeah I said shut it down which is what we did so everyone exited through the back as you know you must, have, you must have been pretty nervous walking towards the door um, didn't think of it actually in fact I went in the street um, and I was still there which was the crazy part but I didn't actually think it was stupid because I didn't think but um, because you must have you, did you just go into sort of just well, um, sort it out mode? Well, it wasn't nothing to sort out. I mean, I'd, I'd be the first to run probably. But, I mean, what happened is that um, I just um, – I wanted to see what was going on for a start. And, you know, it was obviously my venue. It was my night. And, um, you know, foolishly I went out there. But I'd already had – I was out there when they had their um, discussion. Mm. And they seemed, you know, they, I'm sorry we're going home. And that's what it was. So – I wasn't really sure what was going on, but yeah, you know, the police were there within two minutes, and um, uh, we contained the crime site, and uh, um, everyone left through the back, and and no one really saw what was going on. Um, and look, it's an incident that is highly regrettable, um, but on the positive side, it's probably if that had happened inside, you would have had 20 people killed. Okay, and if it didn't happen there, it could have been anywhere else's show. It could have been anywhere. So or it could have been in a public place. Could, could have been. been so what's happened everywhere. is that the implement of safe security reasons now has made the whole sport a lot better. Whether it be UFC, AFC, Hex, whatever, all these shows, Fight Fit, Tribute, 
they've all got metal detectors you've got to go through. And that's going to be, um, that's probably going to save incidents. And, and, you know, it takes a little bit longer. We, we, we obviously open up a bit more. We search bags, we search everything. But, um, you know, um, it's good to know you go to a show and you're safe. And that's how Absolutely. we evolved with these tables because it yep. wasn't safe. Because what happened, you'd stand there and you know, you'd say, oh, come on, hit him. And then the guy next to you is going, who are you talking about? Once you put him on a table, it's only your table talking about it. So it actually stopped And it's stopped just a more incidents. classy way to go about things as well. If you, so if you're sitting down, you've got your food, you, you've got your group sort of thing. Well, it's a different mentality, isn't it? Because you, you, you're relaxed. You're mm. sitting there and you're having a good time with your mates and you've got, you know, the tables are 10. You've normally got 10 mates with you or 10 people that, that are there that you, you, you've been introduced to. And uh, it's certainly a, um, um, it's a much more pleasant way of doing Absolutely. it. The whole of Australia does it now and, and um, there's great promotions all through Australia and... and but you know, I can, I can pretty confidently say because you know I was going to those shows. It's probably the first sit-down dinners we did, and um, it's something that's uh, um, adopted everywhere. And you know, like I said we did the security measures without anyone asking us. By the way, we put in our metal detectors and changed it straight away. Then the board now have made it mandatory. Mm. So once again, it's another thing we did. Um, they said, "Gee, that's a good idea. What you've done," and they followed us. So. Um, um, like I said, we, we do things um, what we feel need to be done, not so much about expense. And yeah. some, some, some promoters will worry about the expense. We're more about um, uh, am I gonna, we've got a meeting tomorrow night at the, which I, I don't know if you guys are going, but it's, uh, it's a combat sports about. Perhaps Paul and, Paul and Bash might be, but I, yeah, I they, won't. They, they want to have an um, ambulance there. Like, things like that will kill it. I mean, you can't have an ambulance there. It's $2,000 to sit there. Mm. You're two minutes from a uh, particular pavilion. Mm. Two minutes from a from a um, hospital. Uh, hospital. I've only had two two instances where we need ambulance. Once I had Shane Tuck, the AFL footballer. He fought on a uh, mundane card we had at the convention centre, and he got knocked out. And um, they called an ambulance that day. And there was another one at the pavilion. But in all the years of 17 years plus all the other shows, there's only been probably been you know, two or three ambulances called or needed. I mean, there's a doctor on duty for a start. Yep. We have a doctor. He has oxygen. He has medical equipment. And the hospital's two minutes away. I don't know why we would want that, but they're uh, the sort of discussion. So God, at least... unnerving the, to have an ambulance sitting next to... Well, yeah. well, it's mandatory on world title fights, yeah. and I've had to do that. But um, And that's another thing, like with women, we've had a lot of world, women world champions. We've had, we've, we've had our women excel at boxing. You know, our women we've had from um, your Di Prezak and Susie uh, Ramadan and um, um, Erin McGowan and... All these girls that have been world champions, um, they, uh, you know, they certainly hold their own. They're, they're leaders in the sport. Australian, in, Australian females are leaders in boxing. Mm, awesome. So. Well, mate, thank you so All much right. for coming on here. Um, just, just want to let everyone know where they can find you in terms of, you know, uh, your social medias and promotions and that sort of stuff. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, my Facebook's full, which is Brian Amatruda. <laughs> I've got Big Time Boxing on, uh, on Facebook or uh, Brian Amatruda at Instagram. Yeah, um, and uh, you know we try to we try to keep everyone updated what we're doing, particularly our shows. Um, uh, our social media is predominantly about the shows, and yeah. um, you know, like I said, we do more than more shows than anybody else. Um, and most of the fighters you can find in our pages. And yeah, um, so if you want to keep an ear to the ground with the Australian boxing scene, guys, big time boxing, get on it on the social medias and uh, follow on, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. It's been Thanks an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Good thank on you. you.